Hey guys, Nikki Wolf here, host of One Day Contract. If you like this show, then check out our show, One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality that we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. Join myself and Josh Klein. That's right. It's me, Josh Klein. I'm the managing editor of The Riot Report. My favorite guests have been, I don't know, we've had former players Al Wallace. We've had Mike Rucker on the show. We've had Bill Voth. He was the worst. We had Jonathan Jones. He was okay. We had uh, Jordan Rodriguez. He was fantastic. Joe Person was great. He drank beers. Uh, I'm trying to think of other guests, but I feel like whoever I didn't mention, probably going to be upset. That's true. Also, Colin Hoggard. Deck builder. Professional deck Deck builder. builder. And fan of the Panthers for my entire life. Lifelong Panthers fan. Check us out. One Day Contract. Wherever you get your podcast, subscribe, rate, love us. Give us a listen. I like donuts. Donuts. Just dial right into 102.5 AM. Goodstuff.com for your download. <laughs> hey Hey, we're back. Well, guys, the bye week is in the books. It's back to work for the Panthers. Back to work for us. This is the Carolina Line. I'm Kelly Bardick. I do the sports at WCCV Charlotte. Uh, and I am here with two longtime former NFL players, Kevin Donnelly, 13 years in the NFL on the O-line. On the D-line, we have Mr. Al Wallace from the D-line, 10 years in the league. Guys, um, welcome back from the bye week. Man, it's it's weird. I just asked you guys who'd we play last. Yeah, it feels like I'm forever. It's so now. You know, the NFL is now, and it just feels like our team – uh, didn't get represented yesterday in any of the stats, the good plays, the highlights, anything like that. So it just feels like it's forever, but uh, it's on us now. Yeah, it's it a takes big a game. long time. We're forced to watch the Saints just Ugh. continue to roll. So that that's pretty scary yeah. to watch that defense on a bye week. And Think Teddy Bridgewater it. getting it done. Yeah, Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater, 9-0. and Backups. And how about and five and Matt Ryan? Over. Poor Falcons, bless their hearts. Just no, kidding. No, Just no, kidding. No. no, yeah, he's gonna be. He's left the field on a walking boot. So it's the year of the backup quarterback so far right now. Good. Uh, Was this a good time for a bye week for the Panthers? I think so. I mean, you look at some of the injuries that were style, starting to pile up. Um, they were on a roll. It's kind of good and bad. Now that I think about it, when you're rolling and you're hot, you want to you want to keep that train moving. Mm-hmm. So to have a bye week, uh, you know. It, it kind of slows that momentum down, but you do get fresh legs, legs back. You get some of those injuries taken care of, and they get to take a breath. It's just been a whirlwind. Cam goes down. Uh, he's, you know, lose the first two games, and then the rock star that is Kyle Allen steps <laughs> on the stage and wins four straight. And you're, you look at yourself and you're four and two. So it was a good time to kind of, uh, you know, Go back and, and look at this football team. Look at yourselves. Reevaluate. And the most important thing on any bye week is to get healthy. Yeah, healthy is the word. And I think with this bye, it worked out really well because <clears throat> hopefully that means Trey Turner and Dante Jackson are back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two Pro Bowl guys. I mean, or guys that are up and coming young players, guys that are part of your offense and defense that are critical to that. And just not having them around, they've still been able to win without them. But it's just would be better if we can get them back in there and healthy. And I think what's been interesting about this season is, you know, these first six weeks have been really weird schedule-wise with opening with a Thursday and then mm-hmm. the next week is a regular Sunday and then a couple of weeks later you got the, the game in London. Every week's different. 
Yeah, and then the buy. So right. it's like truly this week after they come back from this West Coast trip, they'll really get on kind of their regular schedule, you know, where it's, um, you know, work days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, come in Mondays for, for treatment, the game on Sunday, and they'll get a little bit more into a routine, which I know coaches absolutely love. So I think the bye week was at a good time for yeah. sure. One thing they are doing, I think they are switching it up this week again, though. I think they're going to be – at work tomorrow in the, at practice. Yep. They just announced that today. So no, I, I maybe they'll that. leave early to go to San Francisco. Yeah, there hasn't really been a, a normal week, like you were saying. Yeah. No, they, they've got a full practice tomorrow, 11.50. Well, it's so been so much time away. You, I mean, you got to find a way to get guys back in that rhythm. We yeah. just talked about it. I mean, so much of football is schedules and the routine. And to break that, you probably need that extra day. Get out there on a Tuesday, which is normally uh, the guy's day off mm -hmm. uh, around the NFL. Uh, so to get back out there and try to try to find a way to use that to game plan one and really get the legs back under you. I know for myself, I, I'm you know from Delray Beach, Florida, guy that's from the south, and uh, I love this time of year when it's starting to be fall mm -hmm. and cool in the I mornings. Know. I go home, I go to the beach, you know, put my feet in the sand a little bit, let the kids <laughs> run around and uh, just enjoy some time off. Kind of really tune out. I think about when I was playing. I. I did not watch football on no? Sundays. I did, on that Sunday of the bye week, I kind of just completely tuned out because it's such a grind, not only physically but mentally. I mean, coming off a of training camp and, um, you know, at this point six weeks into the season, you just want to remove yourself. So returning to just being a dad and doing some carpool and doing some things like that really uh, just helps you get fueled for the second half of the season. Yeah, for me, bye week just meant um, – you know, back in my day, <laughs> playing in the 90s. Back when I walked to the and stadium And tough coaches, the you know, I had guys like uh, Jack Pardee and Jeff Fisher and Jimmy Johnson, those guys. We, we went ahead and practiced that whole bye week wow. through Friday. No we'd, we'd have the pads on and oh everything. So we'd get the weekend off. Uh, Monday would be light practice. We'd get Tuesday off again and then get right to back to work Wednesday. So, so you didn't get a bye week? No, not, not really, but. Um, it was great just breaking the routine and just being able to pause and you know for me just watch a ton of college football you know because mm -hmm. you're sometimes you're traveling or you're doing other things that's just more pressing when the season's going on but you have a weekend off it was just nice to get back and, and see the college game and all the fanfare and the fans that love you no matter what you know the pros it's contract man yeah. they buy that ticket you play well they cheer for you you don't Hey, it's in their contract. They can boo, boo you out of there. <laughs> yeah. If you're in Cleveland, they'll throw some bottles at you, yeah. or Eagles throw some snowballs at you. Some batteries. They're notoriously through <laughs> some batteries at Santa Claus. All thing. I spent my time in, in Philly. Philly three years. Yeah. So that crowd, it is great when they love you and you're on that team. And I remember going up there for the NFC Championship game, and they, you know, they advise the the wives and I family remember. don't go up there, and if you do, don't wear any of the gear. So it was it was pretty touchy up there, <laughs> especially going up there and upsetting Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb, in that NFC powerhouse at the time. I think they were on in the middle of going to the NFC Championship about four years in a row. Was so. that when Ricky Manning Jr. had? All the picks. Yeah. Three interceptions yeah. that game. Ricky Donald Manning Jr. Yeah. yeah. How about that name? I know. Good we name. love some Ricky. from the past. Yeah. yeah he did a he great job. He balled out. I mean, that was a big, big – I mean, that was weird about that team real quick, that 2003 team. Mm -hmm. Just every week it was something different. That yeah. was the thing. It wasn't like Stephen Davis was running over people every single week in, week out. It's just sometimes a running game was needed. Sometimes Jake was needed throwing it and Steve Smith on defense. Sacks maybe were a premium one week. The next week, you got somebody balling out and causing turnovers. John Casey coming through in the clutch. There was a lot of good moments. Uh, and I'm seeing that with this team now because 
Kyle Allen's had to be dependent on a few times, and he's come through in some clutch moments. Mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey has been absolutely amazing, but there's been a couple games where he, especially the Bucks, playing the Bucks, they seem to have his number. They don't let him get as many yards from scrimmage. They're determined yeah, to and, shut him down. Um, we saw some some great picks from the last game against the Bucks. Really, all those turnovers we were able to get and sacks. Um, so it's, you know, this team's just finding ways to get things done and get wins and get points on the board. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, we'll preview the Buck, the uh, 49ers game coming up here uh, later in this podcast, but I'm looking forward to Sunday. It's a big, big, big test. Yeah. Yeah, huge, huge matchup there, and, and the 49ers get it done again in an ugly game. I mean, I grew up again in South Florida where it rained nearly every day. To watch that monsoon that they played in uh, versus the Redskins, I mean, they're slipping and sliding out there. That's, that's just miserable as a football player. You can't find the right cleats. I loved it. Yeah, the, the offensive line guys love it. <laughs> Why they do get, you love it? They get latched on and run us these, out of there. These guys are so quick yeah. and, and nimble mm -hmm. and agile, and they have no footing whatsoever. <laughs> and so it's just like getting your set, uh, get your set, take your set, get your hands on the guy, and just, uh, and just sit back and enjoy. They are yeah. not can't go anywhere. I mean, they, if they got the bull rush, they got that. But it's, right. it's really difficult. I played in a – uh, several rain games. I played in one with the Miami Dolphins, and we played the Pittsburgh Steelers to open up the season, and it was a torrential downpour, like maybe 1998. It rained so hard, so fast, that there was actually standing water two or three inches on the field everywhere. And then when you got to the infield, because the Marlins used to play in that oh, stadium before they owned – Yeah, it was still baseball season because oh. we're early fall. Mm -hmm. um, it was just – a swamp it was just mm. a bog you know you just hardly could move in there and so I got these, these it's a great team that had a lot of sacks and yeah. Javon I mean um Greg Lloyd and LaVon Kirkland and these guys and they couldn't move around it was just very difficult and it was we just dominated running the ball and it was great I loved it they couldn't move it was awesome I wanted hot weather so because these guys have to run so much when I say D linemen linebackers right. yeah. Every play, they got to get to the ball. For me, you know, I get a cutoff block and it's run the other side of the field. I can start gearing it down a little do bit, that. get the 18 wheeler down, slow it down a little bit, get back <laughs> in the huddle, crank it back up for the next play. They have to run every time. Yeah, and it's, we it's hard. Chase it down. <laughs> I mean, pursuit is big in that defensive meeting room. Yeah. You get graded on effort. So you know, they give you what's called a loaf. I mean, you're just not hustling to the play. <laughs> Um, so if you get caught on that film with that red dot on your back when they're evaluating that tape and you're not running to the ball. So just think about a, a defensive lineman. I mean, you're fighting to get that sack. You don't have to run. It's done. The quarterback's on the ground. But if he throws it and it's complete down the field, I got to now turn and run and chase the receiver down the field. So I used to, I not used to, good. People, Guys would hit me in the back or punch me or whatever because – I knew that they were trying to break away and then go get to the ball because they just wanted to show up on film, and i go ahead and cut them, like get their legs yep. out from under them, and they're on the ground. Those <laughs> are the little things. So it wasn't off flagrant where they're going to get a personal foul against them, but the, like I could feel a quick shot to the ribs or when they're getting off the ground, an elbow to the back. Because they know you did it on purpose. Did, well, of course for, I did for it For film on, reasons, for, for them. For, well, and just to slow them down. It's yeah. annoying. As a D and lineman, it's got to yeah. like getting up, getting yourself off the ground after every play has got to be exhausting. So if somebody's cutting a whole bunch, and they don't let guys cut as much now because it's um, you know, it's just different rules to protect knees. And I understand all that, but I, I do embrace the era that I grew. That's that was ideal for me because of my skill set. 
Uh, the mud. Bring me, give me all the mud. Give me all the rain. mud. Let's even the playing field. Slow these guys down a little bit. Well, hopefully, uh, we're going back out west, so we we'll leave all this rain yes, behind, and please. we can head out to the to uh, out there in California and see what we can do in Levi Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa Clara is that where it is? Again? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. where the, was Super the last Bowl. time they played there was it the Super Bowl? Super Bowl Fifty. Yes, yeah, Super Bowl Fifty. Right? Have we been back? No, no, no. We went out there. Didn't we go out there? It was the beginning of the Super Bowl year. Might have been earlier in that anyway, year. I'll yeah. think of it in a minute. I know we went out and barely won. It was like an opening game of a season, maybe two, three years ago. Okay, Probably we'll just move on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, but they are playing there on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> Do you think the 49ers are going to have any kind of chip on their shoulder since they only kicked three field goals in this past game? I don't think so. Or something to prove I, something? I mean, it's the NFL. It's so hard to win. I think they're going to take it how they – Got it, and the weather played a huge part in that, yeah, right? So Jimmy Garoppolo, those receivers, that Jimmy ball is, is uh, heavy and slick. I don't think they could get it going in the air. And then they have really two good running backs in Tevin Coleman and, and Matt Burita, um, you know, to run the ball. So they, they were just, you know, resi- resigned to just running the ball. So they'll take those field goals. That defense pitches another shutout. Man, look, this is going to be my week. It's going to be a heck of a week for – defensive football with these two units Mm -hmm. uh, first and second in the league and sacks uh, to go against one another put pressure on these quarterbacks to see if they can get it done I mean this is this should be a really good heavyweight matchup I'm excited it seems like everybody is talking about the 49ers defense and you don't hear that much you know this week watching NFL football you didn't hear that much about the Panthers unless it was the Kyle versus Cam talk Mm -hmm. and that was with Greg Olson in the booth on Fox you know what I mean um it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, both teams just want to want to prove something, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I think, you know, when you, when you look at their defense, they, they've just not given up a ton of yards, and they've been excellent against the run and the pass. Um, they're second in points allowed, only giving up 10.7 points in a game. Uh, the Panthers' defense, when you look at it rated and you break down the individual parts, some of those aren't ranked as high, you yeah. know, where it's 15th against the run or, or – Different things, you know, 12th against with yards per game, 15 and points allowed per game. Um, so kind of mixed bag there with where they're ranked. But it just seems like the sum of all those parts are playing much, much better than what the stats are kind of telling you. Um, with the way this team's been able to get after quarterbacks, get the turnovers, um, really the turnover margin's been all in our favor since Kyle Allen's been out there. He's not throwing interceptions. Our boys, I mean – Bradbury's got three early in the season. A guy that's not known for getting a ton of interceptions, he seems to be on that train. And and Luke, instead of knocking one down, he, he finally yeah. picked one off, you know, the week before against <laughs> the Jags. And he went down and he took a pick yeah. with the DBs. Loved of course, it. I was hoping he'd get in the end zone. He kind of ducked out. That was kind of a, a veteran move. He went out of bounds. Like, don't take an unnecessary hit. Luke no. doesn't need to take any hits. No. Get the TD. Man, it sounds good, but, you know, those guys, you're trying to get a TD, but you're going to get one of those linemen, you're going to take a shot, hit you in the thigh. Like, you could have a thigh bruise. You don't need Luke taking that I don't know if there's any big linemen in that area. It was all skill guys. There's no big No, he had had outrun all those guys. But (laughs) this defense is is playing well. As a defensive guy, I can tell you what, the only stat that we care about is scoring defense. So, um, ranked fifth in the in the league right now. That's what matters. Don't give up points because that's how games are won and lost. Do you give up points 
or not. So the yards matter. You hate to give up yards. I mean, you saw this team give up a ton of yards, you know, a few weeks early in the season Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, big chunks of yards versus the run. And you don't like to see that. But if you can close the door, if you can bend and not break, we'll take that every time. So just points allowed is the only thing that matters in this defense. Both units are, are really good at that. They really don't allow teams to score on them at a high clip. Um, so I, I expect this to be a low scoring affair. You know, I hope, you know, Christian can get going again here and, and Allen, who's going to be starting again. That was announced here, uh, at quarterback can get going in that passing game. They're going to have to be balanced because this D line that fields three or four first round picks. And then, you know, Richard Sherman and the guys on mm. the back end are, they are a really good unit. Everyone's going to put some pressure on according this According to line. Richard Sherman. Yeah. Everybody on that defense. <laughs> well, that D line is, it's what's scary for me looking as an offensive player and just how many first round picks, like you said, and they're all productive. They don't have one guy like, you know, Jack Barrett with the, the Buccaneers, mm-hmm. um, you know, he has nine sacks, but, you know, the most that I think any 49er has is maybe four and a half sacks, but they're spreading them around mm-hmm. that defensive mm-hmm. line. So you got Joey, uh, Nick, Nick Bosa, Bosa mm-hmm. at four sacks. You got D Fords has four and a half. You got this speed on the outside. Uh, and then those big boys up front. I mean, DeForest Buckner, um, is a man. Yeah. And then you factor in also, um, Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas. There. No, this it's, it's unbelievable how many guys that they actually have in there. That's just been great for them. Eric Armstead, three and a half sacks. See, those two guys in the middle is what scares me because the running game, you know, I think with the Panthers, uh, they've got a lot of different weapons that they can go to. But watching, say, the Redskins and some of the runs that they try to do with Adrian Peterson, I mean, they're getting penetration. They're locking guys down. They're not giving up any ground. They're keeping guys off of their linebackers. It's just really good, sound defense. Uh, I think it's going to be extremely difficult for the Panthers to manufacture a running game. And I think, you know, North Turner's going to have to do some unique things that not gadget-type plays, but, you know, throwing in there the, you know, the quick uh, jet sweep in there, a screen, um, maybe a little throwback, something that's – just a little bit quirky so that they can find ways to get on the outside, get some guys in open space because uh, they play very sound. They're not going to let, um, you know, some big holes open up like we did against, you know, the Jaguars or something like that. It's not going to be the case. Yeah, and if they're going to run in the inside, they're going to have to find creative ways of doing it. I don't think straight ISO plays or an inside zone is going to work against these long – big physical uh front this front four i mean you think you know historically you try to run some wham plays where you let a guy get up the field use that penetration and use a tight end or or running back that h back to uh kind of catch him off guard and trap block him so to speak and see if you can get christian mccaffrey in that way um so it's it's going to be difficult these guys are really good they're strong at the point of attack they're all big long first round draft picks and uh, they're going to present a challenge to a team uh offensive line that's been you know patched up in a good way you know dennis daly has stepped in and done a great job so it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out and what north turner can dial up yeah you know looking at it i mean if trey turner comes back you know do you and and then you don't know about greg little with being in the concussion mm-hmm. protocol again and, and sitting out with that. Um, those are two big pieces that you'd love to have out there, but one or both still could maybe be out this week. So it's been pretty good these last couple of weeks, and Dennis Daly's done yeah, an excellent job, job as a young player. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, going into this next 10 games of the schedule, you want to start getting guys back and letting them play together and figure out what's your starting five. Um, what are the guys you're going to ride with? You know, you know, 
throw out the injury thing. Those are going to happen here and there, but you know you got some guys that can back up. So that's a great situation. But who are the guys that you really can roll with and get those guys to gel and, and continue to play at a high level like they've been over the last couple of weeks, which has been amazing um, yeah. that they can factor in all these different parts and still get a lot of work done on offense with uh, protecting Kyle Allen and getting some running lanes for Christian. It sounds like the 49ers defense, the way you're talking about it, Al, is like you, you, they're just, you can't penetrate it. What's been able to work against them? Um, you know, they've. You know, I think Adrian Peterson had some success. You've seen a, a few teams run. They, what they don't do is give up uh, just ex explosive plays. So uh, throws down the field and long runs. They find a way to continue to make teams drive the length of the field, and then doing exactly what I said about the Panthers' defense: bend and don't break. So get in the red zone and completely close the door. Somebody finds a way. Um, I haven't taken a look at uh, how efficient they are on third down and making sure they get off the field. But a team like that with that type of pass rush, with those types of numbers, second in the league, uh, you know that they're going to get there. And I think a guy uh, that's a rookie, very similar to Brian Burns, uh, first-round draft pick, and, and Nick Bosa has mm -hmm. done a great job of figuring out what works for him on the, this level. I mean, we saw him have great success at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. But now he's coming out and he's found some speed rushes. He's utilizing that power. Man, he he is a thick, strong-built yeah. guy. His speed to power has just been devastating in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, that's one thing. Rookie on rookie out there, if it's Dennis Daly with Nick Bosa coming off that right defensive end uh, side, that blind side of Kyle Allen, that speed to power, you're going to have to sit down and anchor up on this guy because he is a bull. I mean, he is a very strong kid, low center of gravity, and great technique. Uh, you know about his brother who's, you know, right down – uh, the Pacific Coast Highway there, you know, in, in playing football in San Diego. And then his dad also was another, you know, NFL football player, high draft pick. So this guy has a pedigree. He's coming alive, and he's paired up with all the rest of those first-round picks on the yeah. D-line. What, what's, I think, great about that team and what, what Kyle Shanahan's doing really well out there is that they don't have a ton of mistakes. They're kind of playing a little bit old school because they, they run the ball really well. They also do a lot of play action off of it. So the defense knows, like you said, Ben, don't break. And when I've watched the games that I've watched, it, it really has come down to a lot of times a team like the Redskins had several nice drives that got them into scoring position and then self-inflicted wounds, you know, mm -hmm. shooting themselves in the foot with either a penalty or – a loss of yardage play, and then suddenly you get behind the chains a little bit. And that's where the, the 49ers have just done a great job because um, they slammed the door shut then. Once mm. they get a little crack, a little room in there, get you in a third and long situation, that's extremely difficult because, like we said, they have the pass rush to get there. They have the coverage to back it up on the back side of it. Um, you know, they don't have to do a ton of blitzing unless they want to mm. because those front fours are so quality up front. Yeah. And, you know, they can always mug a backer and bring an extra guy to leave you single guy you know, man-on-man -man with the offensive line and D-line up there if it's five-on-five. Five. And um, so they got a lot of different ways they can attack you, and they got a ton of depth. I mean, don't go to sleep on their backups. I'm watching the guys that came in, you know, when, when guys like Bosa and Armstead and um, Solomon and, I mean, just other guys come in, and it's just uh, they're equally as effective. It's just they, they've got a lot of depth. It's In a lot of ways, it's a lot like the Panthers. Yeah, that's what I was thinking I while you were talking. Like, yeah. doesn't that really sound is. familiar? So, yeah. 
the front guys make the back end good, and we've seen that mm-hmm. also here with the Panthers with Ross Cockrell stepping in while Jackson's been down. And um, we talked about Bradbury having success. A lot of that goes hand in hand with this pressure, this um, this surge of sacks that we've seen from both of those football teams. So that back end appreciates it. Uh, Richard Sherman is probably the best uh, zone cover corner that has been in this league. Mm-hmm. Notoriously, he's done that cover three uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. They brought it here, you know, brought it to uh, San Francisco where he just – he patrols that third of the field. and He sits back there and you cannot throw it to his side. He's a really good guy disguising and making you think you can squeeze something in. So – and it's that pressure. When you feel the need to get it out of your hands, he's going to be right there to rob it. So, um, the – Two good football teams. This is a really exciting football game, and I've been looking forward to it here for the last couple of weeks. All right, so we're talking defense. Like, who's what defense you like better right now? Um, the Panthers' defense or the the Forty Niners? Um, here's my stance. I, I'll let you think a minute. Right. I'd much rather have this Panthers' defense, and I'm not being a homer. It just feels like they're getting better each and every week. And I know the Forty ers have been very consistent. Um, I don't think they've been challenged as much offensively uh, as the Carolina Panthers have and some of the teams that they've had to face and some of the different quarterbacks they've had to run up against. And I think they've had different ways and different guys rise to the challenge. We had some guys injured and still were able to be effective with KK going out for the season and then Dante losing some time. So um, I just love where this defense is at. I love how Coach Rivera is calling it. And, uh, you know, to me, defense usually travels. Yeah. And I expect them to have a really good game. But, traveled uh, to London. It may not be. A, yeah, <laughs> you're right. They did. They traveled all the way overseas and got it done. We can go across the country easy, right? Yeah. Piece You know, I would, I would love to disagree with you on this one. And, I mean, I know we both have history here with the team. But it's because of the way this unit, the Panthers defense, has played with the absence of some key players. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's depth to me. So, getting everybody back to full strength. And I don't know that everybody's back 100% healthy. Obviously, KK is out for the year. Um, but that's just multiple guys that you can just roll in. And they're doing this in a change. And I don't know if uh, the, the 49ers defense has felt uh, faced that much adversity. But they've changed to this multiple set where it could be a 3-4 or 4-3. And um, we've seen guys like Bruce Irvin line up at three technique, Mario Addison. They line guys up wherever they feel is an optimal matchup to get it done in the line stunts. And Shaq Thompson's – alive and well in mm-hmm. on this defense so many guys have really uh stepped up this season vernon butler and done a great job we talked about ross cockrell i like this panthers defense it is on fire and we hope that trend continues out west in san francisco and it's so versatile especially you're facing yeah. all these versatile it's offenses multiple, right yes. you i mean i think the panthers had to adapt and they did and we're trying you know we're seeing the the fruits of all this this the different looks. And I think you have to, right? I mean, you're going to see these teams all the time, or different teams every year. Can you adapt? Can you get guys in the best possible matchup? I think you handcuff yourself a little bit if you're just a 4-3 team or just a 3-4 front because teams are going to force you in certain matchups you don't want to win. They're not favorable for you. So the Panthers have found a way with all these athletes at all these different positions that can do so many things to make sure that they can match up. And that's Mm -hmm. what it is. It's a matchup situation, a chess match for that defense every week. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing this team go out there. I got good memories of the 49ers because um, I've beaten them a bunch of times in my career. I know it was in the 90s, but those were some great teams the yeah, Niners had back then. I remember um, – I think we went out to Candlestick Park 
when I was at the Houston Oilers, played them in 1993, maybe 94. And this was rare. They don't do this anymore. I don't know how long they were doing this. Christmas Day game. So we're at Christmas mm. Day competing with the NBA or whatever they got going on mm-hmm. on Christmas Day. But we go out there to play. Um, we had a pretty good record. Obviously, I think we were 10-2 and two or something, and they might have been 11-1, and one, I don't know, whatever the, the records were. But we were both pretty highly rated. But they still had them uh, figured to win and blow us out. Went in there on Christmas Day, got work done. And we had backups doing it, too. Like Warren Moon was throwing to a receiver out of USC, Southern Cal. Little short receiver, uh, Gary Wellman, mm-hmm. made some big first down catches for us that day. And then we had another guy, Blaine Bishop, who became an all-pro. He was just an afterthought because our starting safety went down, so we stuck him in there. And I, I remembered he had like 10 tackles, a pick, a forced fumble, a sack. Like he just lit up his defensive category chart with all the stats wow. afterwards. So anyway, I, I want good feelings like that coming this Sunday. Yeah. I want another Christmas present. We that was a great it. Christmas present. I want one now, 15, no, 25 years later. Christmas in Is October. Man, don't start call, yeah, doing don't the start math. Don't <laughs> <old>. <laughs> We don't do math around here. Yeah, let's talk current, current yeah. football. I, I just remember my first time out there. I was a young guy. Uh, late 90s and uh, just being out there and being in awe of Candlestick and Jerry Rice and Montana and those guys that played on that football field. And I came out early to kind of take it all in. Well, I don't know if you guys remember Bryant Young. Oh, yeah. Defensive t- I, know I remember do. him well. <laughs> <laughs> so he's out early as well. So I'm a young pup, you know, 260-pound guy. This guy is massive, right? I think he lives in Charlotte now, actually. Yeah. Um, so just watching him go through his routine. And, and defensive linemen, usually before the game, we're looking for – something to slap around, pads to work our hand moves and techniques on. And it's the goalpost. That goalpost is padded. And I watched him just slap and rip that goalpost, and that thing was just shaking and vibrating and candlestick. And I'm thinking to myself, (laughs) are we the same? Like, am I supposed to be this one day? Like, man, this is going to be a long career. I need to get back in the weight room. There's an earthquake going on right now. This thing shouldn't be shaking like that. It was unbelievable. So to watch a guy like that, and I played with, you know, a lot of uh, D linemen, a lot of greats, uh, and to watch him go out there and get warmed up, get prepared, for that game that they, I think, pummeled us. I was with the Eagles at the time. So um, that was my first memory of just kind of taking it all in, having watched those games at Candlestick and then being a young 20-something-year-old out there playing in that historic field. There's there's on the down low, it feels like a lot of uh, NFL D linemen settle in this area because, yeah. like, Bryant Young's kids go to the same school that my kids go to. Mm-hmm. And I remember showing up one day and I'm thinking, is that Bryant Young? Yeah. My arch nemesis for so many years mm-hmm. in the NFL, who was one of the greatest sackers <laughs> of the quarterback from the interior defensive line position. There's, there's yeah. a, I'm really seeing him at my kid's school right now. Do I need that? And then also, did you uh, go talk to him? Yeah, he's the nicest guy. <laughs> yeah. He actually coaches D. Man, he's nice. He coaches D line for the Atlanta Falcons. He's doing a great job down there. The rest of the defense stinks, but the D line is D-line's they're trying to get after, some work yeah, done. Grady Jarrett and those guys, but yeah. um. Also, Michael Dean Perry lives here in town, one of the yeah, best great uh, Cleveland Brown players. And uh, that's a scary man still, too. Uh, I know he's, he's older than me, but, he, you know, for one rep, he could still light somebody I, up. I guarantee it, man. <laughs> he's still built like he could get down there and, and get a couple reps in. Don't go to sleep on the old O-line, though. We'll, we'll sneak in sometime. But you guys lose 80 pounds when you – I don't know how you do it. but you, Why is you that? Get... The offensive line guys seem to shrink. No, we, we've discussed this before. I mm-hmm. think – 
you know, you're born a certain – like there's nobody playing football that's the position they want to be. Everyone seems like they're either trying to gain weight or lose weight, just depending mm -hmm. on your body type and the position you're playing. And there's a lot of linemen that, you know, were former D linemen or tight ends that like, hey, if you played O-line, you could really be a good player. So were they you make, a tight end? I was a defensive end, okay. moved over to – Offensive tackle, and then later on moved to guard because that was where my home would be. I feel like you could have you could have been a struggling at a tight end in high school or something. You no, know? I, I could have. Didn't been. have the hands, Kevin. Well, we didn't have a great offensive line, <laughs> and so I was a skinny guy. I was two hundred twenty pounds, six five. Like I, mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, uh, always forced to put the weight on. And yeah. I know you put weight on, mm -hmm. and it's just natural when you're done with it. Your your natural tendency is like, okay, I don't have to eat as much anymore. I, I shrink up a little bit. Yeah. But there's a lot of linemen that I was in the locker room with. They're sweating uh, Thursday way, the weigh-in days. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's it's probably more now. When I was playing, it was like 500 a pound per day if you were overweight. Per pound per so if day. They, if they set Chris Jenkins Chris at, Jenkins at broke two, the 325. Multiple and he, times. Well, he comes in. You he know, broke you weigh, the rec record for what? I mean, well, just getting fine for being overweight. Like yeah, Kevin yeah, was saying. He was, he's yeah. probably weighed 330 is his ideal weight, and he'd come rolling in there at 340. And that's five grand a day till he gets it off. Five grand I know. a day. It's crazy. I feel like he's being play nice one with game, 342. If you play one game, I feel like you would lose 10 pounds if you're – no? No, well, the they make they make you weigh on Thursday because they know you're getting that weight back. You're yeah. eating pretty good again. You know that the second worst offender during that that time we were here with the Panthers was uh, Todd Sauerbrunn. Uh, Being pun? overweight, he he loved to eat. Oh, like, he he'd did. work he out. Was... He had guns. He was thick. Yep. But man, he was the first one to the cafeteria. You know, specialists hardly sweat. The punter, they didn't have to. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd light you up. But he, he, yeah, he'd he light you up if you got in the way of the buffet line, too, he, now. He, he loved it. <laughs> he'd he jack you it. up. That, that was a different cat. <laughs> I, I was opposite. I was a guy, like Kevin said, I was a wide receiver in high school. And I had to do everything I could to be bigger. Um, so I remember Jerry Simmons. I, I You know, I'm hiding like a five-pound weight <laughs> in your pocket. on this side while Simmons is on the right side or chugging Gatorade, just trying to get one or two pounds because you're right. You burn so many calories, um, and your metabolism is crazy in your 20s. You hadn't slowed down yet and able to retain some of that weight. So you did everything you can because they didn't fine you for being underweight, but yeah, it was, was frowned ask. on. Yeah, as a defensive end, you need to be able to hold up against these 330-pound linemen. So they didn't want you at 255 and 260. You had to try to put on some weight. So I just remember waking up on a Thursday knowing that weight was coming and trying to eat a big breakfast, trying to chug a couple waters, Gatorade, eat like two or three pounds to make you look good, but then you're bloated for practice that day. So. <laughs> just drink three pounds just of water. Just drink three pounds of water. All right, we got we, – what, 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 what was your weight ideal? What did they want you to be at, Al? Um, I think the year we went to the Super Bowl – they wanted us all to be around 270, 275, which for all of us, we hated it. We were heavy. And then that following year, and you think about who came into the league around 2004, 2005, Michael Vick Dick. with all that running around and scrambling. They let us get down. We got down to 260, 255, and we felt great. Isn't you know, it funny how things evolve like just, that? Yeah, just lose 20, 25 pounds and – be as quick as you can. The pads change. We started getting smaller shoulder pads. Mm. Back then, we didn't have to wear thigh pads or knee pads. They only weigh a couple ounces anyway. But you just wanted to be sleek and fast to chase around a guy at the time who had completely changed the game from a quarterback position. They, I would love to see all the ways Michael Vick changed the game. Not just how he played the game, but how he changed other teams. Yeah, just little man. things like that. Defensive I would never nightmares. even think about it. Yeah, How you scheme them up. How do you stop a guy that, if he goes through his progression – 
Um, he's going to be gone. He has four three speed. I mean, you don't talk about that. I know Lamar Jackson is just lighting mm-hmm. the league up now what he's done with his legs. And Vic certainly wasn't as big as Jackson. But at the time, to have a guy that was as fast or faster than half of the receivers in the NFL take off and run with the ball, um, it was amazing. But his arm was – he had a rocket yeah, too. You watch him it. launch at the peerless price and – those guys, uh, Algie Crumpler at tight end, Crumpler. I mean, he could throw the ball like no other. So um, he definitely changed how That's we thought about quarterbacks. Bring him to Thomas Davis. Hey, when, <laughs> when I was on the sideline watching our Panthers defense on the field and I saw that cat get in open space, I was like, oh, no. Yep, gone. Nothing against you guys. It was just he was a special dude. Not going to catch him. Yeah, he was He was special. Well, we, what I was, they always wanted us well over 300 pounds. Um, and I can remember you brought up the mm-hmm. weight thing. Like, I clearly would drop as the season went on. I just could not keep the weight up, and I'd be starting to get low 290s range, and I'd put the 10-pound plate in my back. Mm-hmm. I just like I have some shorts on that were pretty tight, slip it right in my back, a nice loose T-shirt on there. Um, they didn't know you guys were doing that. They weren't checking. Like I just that. I was playing. On, I was playing off. well. You yeah. know, so I'm two ninety, big dog. Like I had played with a guy, Mark Stepnoski, who was two fifty five, soaking wet. But he went to multiple, multiple Pro Bowls, won like three Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys. That great wall of Dallas mm-hmm. uh, that had three hundred thirty pounders all over the place, and that guy was balling in the middle. You know, sometimes I think they attach too much to weight. Now I will say, if you get a little bit overweight, you know, like a guy like Vernon Butler, he trimmed off about fifteen or seventeen pounds. You know, early this season, we didn't quite see it. But, man, like something's woken up with the cat. Three sacks in the last couple of games, some forced fumbles. I mean, he's been huge. And losing that weight was a big factor in that because that's a a big chunk that he was able to lose and just make him quicker and faster. And that's tough. As offensive linemen, a lot of weeks, there's there's guys out there that can bull rush you, maybe one move. And then there's other guys that are just speed guys that can beat you with a quick move. But Mm. when you put that together and a guy can go from speed to power in a second – Devastating. Um, you're, you're uh, you, next thing you know, your back's hitting the quarterback like my man Andrew Norwell yeah, <laughs> for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Because Mario turned that little kind of dance speed rush. All of a sudden, he just put two hands in his chest. And he wasn't expecting it because you know? he's ready for speed. You know, he's ready for some kind of quick arm over, a swim, a spin, a juke and jive, whatever. Anything but that. Yeah, and he just put the. Like a defibrillator hit yeah, his chest. Boom! Yeah. And knocked him into Minshew. Oh, it was a thing of beauty. I loved it. I hated it for Clear. him as an O-line brethren, but I loved it for the way that thing went down with uh, the scoop and score. We need a scoop and score Sunday. Yeah, A guy like Aaron Donald's another example that you don't have to be the biggest defensive lineman out there uh, to dominate. I mean, he's what – Maybe barely six one and and two hundred and ninety pounds. It's not the typical like three hundred pound mm-hmm. defensive tackle. He's got to be like ten percent body. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, he's one of those guys. that's three hundred pounds. No gut with abs. whatsoever. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So he's um, strong. Well, I think we watched a little thirty for thirty on him, and he was started to lift weights when he was eight or nine. His dad <laughs> built a weight room in their basement in Pittsburgh. Like, it's crazy. Wow. So, he's he's wow. been preparing for this his entire life. When Maybe I was that's eight, why he's 6'1". Maybe that stunted his height a little bit. It doesn't matter. When, when, I, was, when I was eight yeah. years old, my brothers had some weights in the basement. And I was like, I need to start lifting weights, get my, my brothers or whatever. And I remember – loading the weight up on there. I got some reps. I was doing okay, but I was by myself. Mm. And I went to one side to, to take all the weight off. I was going to move on to something else. And it was an old school bench with the little columns that hold yeah. the weight are closer Close. together. <laughs> Ooh, I took the weight off one side. 
and that bar came swinging up so hard on my chin, nearly knocked me out. Oh, man. I looked around first. Anybody saw me? <laughs> oh, Keep moving. I didn't go back in the weight room for a while after that, as you can tell, only being 220 pounds when I left high school. Six foot one, I looked like, uh, you know, I mean, six foot five. I looked, I looked like a, almost like Greg Olson or somebody running around yeah. comparatively. Tight end. Like a tight end. Like a tight end, like yeah. Tight end. It's just I wasn't, I didn't have that speed. That 5'3 speed was killing me. <laughs> There's a funny time. thing, though. You, you get bigger and stronger. I didn't lose, like, I didn't get slower. Um, getting that strength, at least, I mean, eventually, I, you think about it, I put on about 80 pounds in my career and um, still was able to run as fast. It's just it was more muscle and more power there. But I'm glad to be lighter now. I feel a lot better. I don't sweat all the time. Aww. I don't feel tired all the time. You can wear regular clothes. I that's, feel that's like always, when I was playing, like you were just wearing. Now, of course, it was back in the early two thousands where everybody was wearing just huge clothes, yeah. gigantic white tees and yes. <laughs> Air yes. Force Ones and things like that. But I mean, I look back at pictures. Uh, I went and looked at the Super Bowl every year, and I'm in the background, and and John Fox is making some kind of speech, and my neck was <laughs> just <laughs> massive, and I'm. <laughs> Like, it's scary. Like, I probably did not wear a tie in that entire time, necktie. Like, you are just big. You are you don't need to be that healthy. I feel better. You feel like you can breathe and you're more functional. Yeah. My neck just, was like a 21. I yeah. think I'm a 17 The and pictures a half now. of you <laughs> at Carolina it is hilarious with that neck roll on. I keep talking about the neck roll. It's a classic, man. Nobody wears the neck rolls anymore because yeah. everyone, you're, you're taught to kind of lead with your hands, not yeah. your head now. And. So, um, you know, you used to take a lot more of the blows with your head as you were trying to attack and, and block a guy because I, I needed my neck. It was strong. It was big. But, man, it could get jacked up quick. Yeah. It gets jacked We've up quick. We've all been through that. How many times you're driving your car, you can't look. You're like Left asking the right. kids, hey, is there <laughs> anyone <I> behind me? <laughs> yeah. Can you guys check my blind I, I spot? I didn't have them backup cameras like <laughs> no. we got now. Old school. Dude, I'm turning the whole torso to get yeah. around because I couldn't bend the neck. But you always we, have whiplash. All right, so we, we got off track here a little we bit. Did. Let's get we to did. the Niners' offense. Yes. All right, this is a little scary because I think they're very good at running the ball, and you mentioned their, their tandem at running back. Um, they do a really nice job with their running game, and they always really get a lot of positive yards out of it that keeps them in the you know where they're supposed to be within the chains, and it sets them up with these second and normal and third and, and normal to short yardage situations, so they're open to use the, the play action, which is – I mean, that's – it's like 50% of their offense if you watch it. There's some kind of play action where it's a run fake off of it to set up a pass downfield. And um, Jimmy G's doing a good job of, mm. of controlling all that and, and getting product productivity from this offense, scoring enough points to win. It's, it's not been dazzling with the points they've scored. They've had some big games, certainly. But, you know, you look at the Redskins game, it was t tough conditions, all the rain, the mud, everything going on. But Still able to manufacture some pretty good drives on a windy day, too, when it's hard for kickers to even get a kick through the uprights. Um, they were able to get stuff done, and I've seen him run play action time after time, and there's no pressure. He's had so much time, and for me, it's going to be a key for this defensive line is recognizing pass or run. Mm -hmm. And if they can be dialed in on pass or run, and once they see the run action fake, those backers got to drop fast. And those guys up front got to keep attacking and put some kind of pressure on him so he doesn't have all day to throw. Yeah, you got to burn when you're getting out there off that play fake. And, and this, 
you know, Kyle Shanahan offense is very similar to McVay, right? They want to run that zone uh, outside or inside. They want to set everything up off of that action. Um, the two backs do a really good job, and, and it's um, – you know, it's kind of typical for that offense, just one-cut guys. I mean, they're going to make a one-cut, get north-south, and they're gone, man. They're extremely quick and elusive and hard to stop. And then Jimmy G does a great job with the play fakes and that action. And then he has George Kittle, who is one of the, you know, most dominant tight ends, uh, just pass-catching tight ends in the in the league. This guy is physical. Uh, he can absolutely fly. Uh, he was a uh, pro bowler, I believe, last year. Uh, he's not put up the numbers quite yet that he did last year, uh, this year that he did last year, but still very uh, effective. And, and then you have Marquise Goodwin, who is a uh, an Olympian, a track mm-hmm. star. Mm-hmm. Uh, Debo Samuels, we know that name from, Debo. you know, locally here. So mm-hmm. they have too. a bunch of talent on this football team for Jimmy G to go to. But it's all set up off that running game, and they're going to pound you until you find a way to stop it. It really keeps you off balance, and it keeps you off schedule. Uh, like Kevin was saying, if they can uh, kind of stay on track with the play calling and get two, three yards on first and second down and make it a manageable third down situation – as a defensive play caller, you don't know what to do. Am I calling a blitz? It's not a known passing situation. They can either run or pass. And that's exactly uh, what they want to have you in, a guessing game on third down because you can't tilt your hand to one direction or, or another. And I think the Panthers have done a really good job of kind of mixing up some of those run blitzes uh, with some of the pass blitz situations where they can bring Shaq Thompson and they can you know, bring some of the cornerbacks and, and um, you see a lot of the guys around the line of scrimmage. So yeah, I expect to see – you know, Eric Reed down around that line That's of scrimmage a say. whole lot. He wants to be down there. He's a physical guy, mm-hmm. of course, a former 49er himself. Um, so that's going to be emotional for him. So being down in that box, being back out in that stadium, um, trying to stop the run, but they're going to have to be really good on the back back end with some speed. Not only at wide receiver, but George Kittle can absolutely fly. He's going to be a he, tough matchup. It is. I mean, that is the, that's going to be one of the key things to watch, obviously, in this game. But maybe the number one thing to watch is how do we cover the tight end and get that done? Because there's times where he's double covered. Yeah. And they got guys bracketing him or, you know, really looking out for him. And he still is getting it done. He's he's so big and strong. So he can out physical a lot of guys. He's young, though, and he's got this speed that's just you don't until I don't know if a lot of guys have watched, you know, being in the southeast here and the way the games are and the game of the week and things like that. I don't know if a lot of people have really watched a ton of the 49ers yeah. here. Right. Right. Um but watching him on film, I mean, he is truly special. One of the best tight ends, if not the best one going right now. Um, he really is fantastic. Why is it so hard for defenses to stop tight ends? It's because it's it's because of that matchup problem. Is you know those guys can be like he is six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds, and is still really fast. So there's the dilemma of what you put over there to cover him. Okay. Um, if you go with a linebacker he may be faster than that linebacker, right? So then you drop down the safety and say, okay, let's let a safety cover him. Um, but that's got the speed to keep up with him. But does he have the body, the physical presence to be able to take care of that and cover that? Right. Um, you know, when you look at our our defense and what they do, it's like I don't know how that matchup is going to go, what guy they're going to put on him or what kind of system they're going to have in place to try and get that neutralized. Because we've seen that in the past with the Panthers especially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, We can lock down receivers over the last few years, but it just seems like when teams have big days against us, 
man, they get a tight end up and rolling. Yeah, it's it's a matchup nightmare. Yeah, it's killer. I know. See, the the tight end position just, like every other position, right, it evolves and it goes in and out of phases on what body types are are special. I think a guy like Rob Gronkowski was Mm -hmm. really a dinosaur, 6'6", 6'7", 265 pounds. He wasn't blazing fast, but he can move, right? So those guys are going to box you out, body you out. They're just big guys. And um, I know for a while it it went to those Jimmy Grahams, right, those guys that were former basketball players Mm -hmm. that can jump, that are super athletic, great hands. Um, out Tony Gonzalez, those type of guys. Three point stance. Yeah, they're not. They're going to be detached. They're not going to be an inline tight end where they're down on the line of scrimmage next to the offensive tackle. Going to detach those guys, and they're really hybrids, right? They're bigger, um, not slower, bigger uh, wide receivers. So it's a it's a matchup. Do you put a linebacker on them like Shaq Thompson? Well, Shaq can run. He's going to be with them. Um, but then that body size. I mean, they're just going to body you out and go up and get that ball. So. It is really interesting what they're going to do. Are they going to, you know, Trey Boston, is he going to match up? Uh, Reed, I don't know that he's maybe the best cover guy in that situation. George Kittle, I think, it has the advantage over mm-hmm. both of those safeties um, and maybe even Shaq Thompson. So it's going to take a really good effort. Uh, you can maybe match up a guy like Cockrell, a cornerback, a bigger cornerback, to be physical enough to stay with a, a kid like George Kittle who's just a fantastic kind of hybrid, detached, uh, out-in-space, tight end, wide receiver that you can just throw the ball to all over the field. we've seen Rivera get pressure from just the front four, the front three, depending Mm -hmm. on the situation, down and distance, who's in there to block. Um, But we've seen a lot of blitzes also that have manufactured some – some sacks for those guys. I think Eric Reed's got a sack, and Cockrell, or Bradbury's got Bradbury. a sack. There's different guys that have, have gotten into the mix there. Um, but then you're sacrificing coverage. And yeah. I don't know if this is a week that possibly you count on your front four. You know, and it's a nickel situation. It's they're not in a three-four scheme. They're in a four-man look. Uh, those guys, you got to trust them to get home. You know, to, to find a way to beat those guys across from them. So you have a few an extra guy back in coverage to keep an eye out for Kittle. And then talking about trust, what you have to do is trust your eyes in this play action heavy offense. Um, If you're a defensive back, one thing they're taught to do is not get caught with their eyes in the backfield. Dirty eyes. Nah, that's dirty eyes. You can't let it happen to you. Explain dirty eyes. You're right. You need if you're a a defensive back, your job is is coverage, right? Right. You you want to support in the run, but your primary responsibility is coverage. So if you're playing zone or man to man, definitely if it's man to man, you keep your eyes on your man. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what's happening in front of you, and that's when you see a lot of the you know more athletic quarterbacks escape because everybody's back is turned in man to man. But in zone, if you have your eyes in the backfield too long on some of those play fakes, those fast guys that we talked about, they're going to run past you because yeah, your eyes are dirty. You're you're trying to figure out if I need to go up in support where your first responsibility is to watch these routes develop. And those receivers do a very good job of coming off the line of scrimmage the same way, kind of really selling that, that, um, that run. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're, you're caught, man, they're going to be gone. So it's making sure you're smart with your eyes, play your coverage responsibility and come up and support, um, you know, that seems to be the second thing. And, and they count on you getting a little nosy, getting a little uh, sniffing those runs and those underneath routes as a defensive back, and they're going to hit something over the top. That's what they're trying to set up the entire game. Yeah. And what I like is this this team is actually getting better against the run each and every week. You know, the first couple of weeks we gave some, some pretty big yardage uh, in the running game, but the fact that 
they've clamped down on that more. That's set people up in third and long situations, and you can't you don't have to worry about the eyes then. You mm-hmm. know, if it's third and ten as, as opposed to a third and three or third and four, um, those can be tough situations. So hopefully those guys can get it done. It, it's weird when you look at defense. Like, to me, we're talking about, well, we need to stop the run. Well, if you're stopping the run, you can't get after the passer. Well, you say, we got to get after the passer because we got to stop, you know, mm-hmm. Kittle's downfield. Like, there's all these scenarios, and, um, you know, I guess it's, a lot of it's just tr- trust the coach. Rivera's been calling it's some great games big lately. Chess, chess match for – this is fun. Yeah, and I trust mean, each one. other. I, I remember being in the huddle a bunch of times with Mike Minners, our safety, and mm-hmm. Dion Grant's behind us. And, uh, you know, we he, he would tell us in the you know middle of the game or before the game, say, hey, you guys stop the run up front. We'll take care of the back end and the pass. And what he was trying to say, we're going to trust you guys. We're not going to bite up on those things because we trust that front seven with Dan Morgan and Will Weatherspoon behind us. We're going to trust that you guys stop that run so we don't have to come up and, uh, you know, come too fast, come up too fast in, in our uh, run fit. So he was trying to tell us that, and then he would lighten the mood a little bit and say, hey, I didn't wear my uh, big boy pads anyway. So, yeah, he literally had two sets of pads. And if it was going to be a run – yeah, if, if shoulder pads. If it was a run-heavy game, wear these big old ugly thick shoulder pads because yeah. he knew he was going to be tackling a lot. If we play teams where they're going to be throwing it around uh, like the Colts, and he's going to be chasing around Marvin Harrison and those guys, he wore – smaller pads because he knew he was going to be deep in coverage. So he would say, hey, you guys stop the run. We'll worry about the pads. And I didn't wear my big boy pads, so I'm not coming up in there because he yeah. wanted to protect himself. Uh, so things like that. It's just a mental reminder of what we need to do. And it's about trust. That front end needs to trust that, that back end and vice versa. Well, this, to me, is the game of the week in the NFL. No doubt. Because um, – you don't go to sleep on a record at four and two. We, I think, it's the third longest winning streak right now in the NFL. You got the Patriots at seven and zero. You got the 49ers at six and zero, and then we won four straight. No one else has won more than two or three straight. So this team is it's in a really good place. Even though we didn't didn't play this weekend, it feels like it's far off, doesn't it? Yeah. But this really is going to be a big showdown, and it's important. You know, we dropped one to the NFC West and losing to the Rams. Um, you don't want to lose too many against NFC opponents because it's going to come down to tiebreakers, things like that. When the season gets tight at the very end, you got to pile up some of these NFC wins. Speaking of the season at the very end, um, the big question, of course, Kyle versus Cam. We haven't even gotten into that. It seems to be the hot topic around the country. No matter which sports show you flip on, which podcast, Kyle versus Cam. Does a healthy Kyle, does a healthy Cam come back in? and automatically get his job back? Or do they stick with Kyle Allen, who's undefeated? I'm going to go first. I mean, it took us a while to get here to this, and I think it's a good thing because we have so much talent, so many things are going well on this football team that, you know, we didn't even – I mean, it lost track here. But for me, uh, the talent difference between the two, uh, former league MVP – uh, what Cam is capable of doing and being for this football team long term. I think if he's healthy, 100% healthy, then I think he's the guy. And, and the question I always pose is like, what are we talking about? Are we talking about talent? If we're talking about talent, it's Cam Newton, without a doubt. And that's no disrespect to Kyle Allen and what he's done. I'm a huge fan, but at the same time, that talent that Cam has, and it's going to come with some bad throws and it's going to come with some erratic play, but still, the ceiling, I think, is so much higher. You have to go with Cam if he's healthy the thing is when is he going to be healthy and that's maybe what we're talking about the wins if we're going just straight wins Mm. 
It's gonna be tough. I'm glad I'm not Ron Rivera. But do you Listen. think? Do you think? Do you guys think when Cam is 100 percent healthy, is he? Does he still have that Camness that we've seen in the past? Can he still play like that? Because we haven't seen it in a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a long time, and it, and that's gonna be the tough thing. But I believe knowing who I think Cam is and his swag and the way he carries himself, he's. I think it's about confidence, right? So the thing I think that's going to take another couple weeks for him, just being confident, not only with that injury and overcoming those things, but kind of feeling like himself again, kind of getting that swag back, yeah. getting back out there and being that leader that we've seen him be all year and taking control over this team. And I don't think there's going to be any issue, especially with Kyle Allen, the way he is and the kind of young man I know him to be. And we've watched him all over the last couple of weeks, but Talent-wise, long-term ability to win, I think it's going to be Superman. I think it's going to be number one. <laughs> See, this, this, I go in the, the different direction on this, um, and it, it may get a little bit, since we're playing on the West Coast, it might get a little West Coast uh, touchy-feely, um, <laughs> some meditation, some there you go. Um, bong hits or whatever it takes <laughs> to put your mind right because I'm putting you in a different place right okay, now. Okay. You came out of last season. And the team, you came out of that last season, you said, we've got to get better. And so, Herney, Rivera, these coaches, the scouts, they come together in their laboratory. Mm -hmm. And they say, how do, we get a, how do we get the ingredients that we need for this team? And they put these ingredients together, and it looks pretty good. Yeah. We're getting close. Yeah. But for a couple of weeks, you know, start off the season, like, I know Cam was injured. Was he injured? Not injured or whatever. But – something was out of place and then something worked its way out into a perfect formula and chemistry in that lab became so important the chemistry and when your team's got that chemistry and that winning streak right now it's so elusive you got to ride that you ride, ride the chemistry. it event you figure out two outcomes cam will be healthy and whenever kyle has a game where it's just off for him You've got Cam you can put in there. But if Kyle keeps winning, especially this game, we know he's starting. Cam's not a factor. This game against the 49ers, he goes in there and wins that game or helps this team win. Mm. There's, there's that chemistry. It's so elusive. Can You've you imagine what's going to happen if that happens? I mean, if he goes – I mean, just the conversation here in Charlotte. I mean, people are already hating Cam. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, oh, my goodness. I'm glad I'm not making that decision. That's why they pay Ron and Marty the big bucks because mm -hmm. it's going to be tough. I agree with Kevin. Locker room chemistry is really important, and I think none of those guys will tell you that in that locker room. But if a guy's winning and he's driving that train, they're not going to want it to get off the track. But I still think, uh, for me, that Cam is the quarterback to lead this team if you're talking – postseason mm -hmm. and uh super bowl birth those things long term and maybe they're getting them healthy so that that's where we're going to get them when that time comes but right now kyle allen is on fire and that chemistry in that locker room is just amazing and that's I'll, why they're winning well i'll add a caveat if cam comes back and is willing to run and we can get some zone read in there uh get him out to just um some of those quarterback powers that we'd run where we'd have an extra blocker in there and he just runs it up the middle. I know he's going to get hit a little bit. he but wants to run. He's, he, he's a better player, yeah. I think. When he gets a run in early in a game and gets the juices flowing and yeah. he's got the first down signal going, the crowd's into it, um, it's demoralizing when you're on the road and you're seeing this cat run all over the place. It's like 
oh, we almost got him in the pocket. We're going to sack him. We're going to force him to throw a bad pass or whatever. He tucks it, gets what he can out of it, even if it's four or five yards, slide down. It's just another element that defense has to think about. And, you know, his first couple weeks, they, no one was really worried about him running around. So I don't know if that's his new approach or that foot was really bothering him that much that he's like, take all my running out of the game plan. That's out of it. I can scramble. I can do what I need to do. But in terms of having plays in there that are designed for me to get out on the outside or make something happen near the goal line, he's not available. Yeah. It's just yeah. a different guy. He's even said it. That's his edge. Yeah. The lion not roar. Remember? Lion That's what he wants to, to roar. He needs to roar. He needs to roar. And I'll leave you guys with one last thing here about Cam as I, I pitch for Give it to Cam it. to come back, right? He's he's heard all the things that everybody said oh, yeah. about him. Oh, I know. oh yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. you know, his job has been taken. They, Appreciate and, 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 you know, Steve Smith said it, man. They're selling that man's house and they're packing his bags. They, <laughs> sca- like, what have you done for me lately? That's right? right. So you, if you don't think that's fueling a super competitor like Cam Newton, mm-hmm. that's going to give him the edge. Mm. I believe he needs to get get back in that uh, catbird seat and, and, and take this team the rest of the way. Kyle Allen has gotten – he'll get you wherever we need he's to go. He's done, it, he's done his job. But – Cam Newton's going to drive I think everyone in that locker room would absolutely love to see Cam come back with freaking authority. Mm-hmm. Yes, take and his job back. This, this, yeah, it's my time now. Thank you for holding it over for me, keeping it warm. But I I'm got this. Back. I got this. This is my team. And just go ball. Just go ball. You know, stop worrying about your completion percentage and all that. Like, get back to what you did so well. Yeah. Just playing football, finding ways to make plays when nothing's there. Um, finding ways to keep the team moving downfield. That, that's exactly what I think everyone in that locker it's, room wants. It's all that matters. I remember Michael Vick breaking his leg, and uh, we went to Atlanta, and it was his comeback, and they had this video with some of the most famous people around Atlanta saying, welcome back, and he torched us, and that city was crazy. The, the roof almost came off the dome, <laughs> so that's what I'm expecting from Cam Newton. So you think like against – the Titans in two weeks. It could be a possibility. Home game. It, Give me you know two what? weeks. I don't even know if it's – I just Home think game. Whenever, whenever, <laughs> yes, whenever Cam says he's healthy, I think the coaches need to remember when he said he was healthy before, add a couple weeks on that. By that point, I'm sure Kyle Allen will have done something. They don't – everybody's booing Kyle Allen. Maybe he'll get jacked up or something. I hope he doesn't. But then it's time for Cam to come back. I think he we're at this point. I think he's healthy. saying, I'm healthy. I'm not 100%. Who's going to be 100%? And the, the next two weeks will be those two weeks that you just mentioned. Okay. And All he's right. going to be back. Sounds I'll, good I'll be for I'll be there at the tunnel waiting. Man. <laughs> I'll be there waiting. Trust me. <laughs> when the flames and smoke go off, man, right. I want to feel the heat. I want to yeah. Cam runs out there. Like, I'm part of it. Imagine that pregame report. I'm going to be ready. We're going to be ready. We're going to be We'll do the up. pregame report. We'll wander on over to the tunnel. Just find our way Find us a comfortable there. spot there. I'll Chess, find you guys in the tunnel. Chess, I want to be there, too. I want to be there right, <laughs> with, right before he walks in that tunnel. The smoke's coming. He's got his He's got his deal down, his routine. I love it. I love it. All right, so uh, win on the road. You guys predicting a win? Oh, God, you went there to wrap this thing up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. All right, I'm a homer. I'm going to say it's a 17-13 game. Panthers win it. I think Kyle Allen finds a way to not hurt this football team, and Christian McCaffrey does what he does, and he makes another case for league MVP. And this defense that is so vaunted, uh, he just has a day. It can be on the ground. It can be in the air. But I think they they rest on Christian McCaffrey and getting after Garoppolo with that defense. How can I disagree with you guys, the experts? 
Do you like my score? Panthers win. That's a good score. Low score. Yeah. See, I, I never get a score because I don't. I can't do the math that fast. <laughs> I will come up with a score that's impossible. See? Yeah. So, well, you know what? I predicted they'd go four and two after six. I thought they would lose to the Texans and the Rams. Instead, we beat the Texans and lost to the Bucks. Mm-hmm. But I feel pretty good about it. Where I'm at mentally right now, I feel like that it's going to be a good win for this Panthers team. 17-13, mark it down. I'm excited. Write Sunday couldn't get here fast enough. I know. Let's go. Well, thank you for listening to the Carolina Line. You can always check us out um, on let's the go. podcast. You yeah. need to download it, review it, rate it, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. Did I get that yeah. right? I miss this up every week. Google Play, iTunes, iPad, yeah, iPod. We're going to get, you get this it on episode 100. <laughs> 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 Tune in. You know how to find it.